Hi, welcome back to the Mom Mentality Show. My name is Austin Chadwick and co-host is Chris Lucian. And today we're excited to have Nazi Hajebi on the show uh, to talk about some exciting topics, including uh, a story of how she helped the team start mobbing and, uh, and obstacles she's encountered while doing so as a less technical coach and some tips on that subject. Uh, so some great stuff. Um, but before we jump into that, uh, Nazi, do you mind uh, introducing yourself? Sure. Thanks, uh, Austin. Um, good afternoon or good morning, depending on where everyone is. But um, uh, I am Nazi Hajebi. I have I started my career as a um, software engineer and I programmed in C and C++, Oracle, SQL. I'm not going to give you guys the version of that because you can guess my age, but it was a long time ago. And right now I am uh, an agile coach and um, I help the teams to get better. And my passion is mob programming. Thanks to being introduced to Hunter Industry and Chris Lucian. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So that is the truth. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I guess... Uh... Uh, maybe jump in with a story uh, you have to share on the uh, helping someone get started with mobbing. Yeah, sure. Um, again, I was a programmer, but disclaimer, I haven't programmed for a long time. So um, like you said, I like to share one of the stories I have. Um, I, um, met, I met, um, I attended one meetup group in Santa Barbara and Hunter Industry was there. <laughs> that is how the whole thing started for me. And, um, you know, um, and um, I um, observed the, uh, I observed mobbing and I, they asked me to participate. So I'm like, I'm a less technical coach. You know, I can't, they are like, no, come by. So after that meeting, I really wanted to introduce this to, to my team. And I went back to work and I told the team like, guys, I am so interested. This, you know, there is, I saw mob or group, I call it group programming also. I saw mob and group programming. I really want us to try. So my, I have a very good relationship with my team. So I was expecting some kind of argument or discussion. Nobody said anything and everybody had their heads down. I'm like, what happened? And our um, software engineering manager was in the room and he immediately said, let's move on. So I had an obstacle like, so let me introduce Kevin to you guys. So Kevin is a bully, uh, a, um, a person who's hard to please, has been in the company since inception and um, has a military background. So Afterwards, I had to talk to the team and individually I talked to them. And I'm like, what happened? You guys didn't say a word to me. So basically they said, you know, um, we don't want to be judged by Kevin and we don't want to, uh, you know, um, make him upset. Uh, I, I messed up once and he re literally chewed me up and all of this. So uh, I knew that I didn't, I started to see what can I do that at least my team tries once or twice. So what I did is basically 
gave different things, options, or all was unsuccessful <laughs> until I told in one of our meetings, attendance is optional. And if you attend, you can be an observer or participant. Again, before I finish my sentence, Kevin said, good, I'm not attending. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so afterwards, the team individually reached out to me. They are like, okay, you have so much passion to this. We will give you a chance to try it. So I had a meeting with, uh, um, I asked them, let's try twice before you know saying that you don't wanna try ever again. So we had our first session and um, we were all so excited. But what happened, each person was in a different environment and we chose the most difficult thing that nobody could explain what the problem is. Forget about explaining the solution. So what happened was a total disaster. <laughs> and and I, um, I blamed myself uh, because during the retro at the end, the team was disappointed. And I blamed myself that if I was a technical person, I could have helped them get unstuck. And because I'm not technical, I couldn't do that. So I got lucky. I made the agreement that we have to try twice <laughs> before, <laughs> before they tell me that they can they don't want to do it or not. So what happened, I started to talk to the teams, different people in the company. So finally, I met uh, a person, uh, tech lead called Scott. I told him what happened and it was a disaster and I have one more chance. And we both agreed that the same way Hunter Industry during the meetup, they did a, a, a sample game. We will start with the sample game and instead of attacking, you know, working on something complicated. So basically what we did, um, and I got lucky, Scott told me he's gonna attend my, uh, my mobbing. So I was excited and Scott and I, I, we both get passionate like when we learn something new we want to share with everybody in the company so I was excited he's going to join me so we had our second session and we worked on a game and whenever we got stuck I had Scott helping me throughout the process and unstuck the team and at the end of the retrospective the team decided to continue with um, you know with doing mobbing and that's how our journey started. I wanna say something again for less technical people. There's a few things. Make sure that you make optional the attendance and participation. Make sure because you wanna create a positive space. Make sure you have tons of technical allies to help you and they don't have to be part of the team, they can be outside. If it is part of the team, it's great. And start simple, be creative and do not give up. You can have your team do mobbing, at least try it and see if they wanna do it or not. Yeah, I think uh, you know your story reminds me a little bit of just kind of the, being on the fluent edge and, and not being overwhelmed, right? And so, uh, I think I've seen the same sort of thing where, you know, if people don't know how to mob and especially if they haven't had any pair programming experience either, 
then they're learning just to verbalize code, right? And or or take verbal instruction and type uh, mm -hmm. the code rather than thinking about the code and typing it. And so all of these are new skills. And so I think what I find often is that you you need a problem so simple that uh, you know each person could solve it on their own with no issue because it's just practicing the mechanics of I'm going to talk about iterating over a list or I'm going to talk about you know evaluating a, a you know the modulus of a number or something. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that, that that to me is like the concept of the fluent edge and uh, and keeping learners engaged uh, in what they're trying to do. And so I, I really appreciate the valuable lessons that, that kind of came out from that. <laughs> and I also, based on those experiences, I have a criteria for the team that I work with. If we need to work in a problem within the, you know, whatever we are working on, the criteria is one person can finish it in one hour <laughs> without anybody's yeah. help. If if we have that and if we meet, then we can work on the problem, you know, related to the work. Right. That's my criteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I've, uh, I've definitely seen uh, what you're talking about there with the start simple and like what you said, Chris, with the, uh, uh, the fluent edge. And I think if I were to host... Uh, a group of people I didn't know uh, to try out mobbing. Um, that's absolutely how it start. I've also seen this other pattern and I, and I can't figure it out. So maybe you guys can help me is people we're in a meeting and it's a really hard, complex problem. And you kind of just start naturally mobbing and the complexity and difficulty of the problem is the driver for them to start mobbing, even though they don't know they're mobbing. <laughs> um, and they weren't mob practitioners before. I've seen this happen quite a bit when we interact with other teams. Uh, like we recently did one where we had to do some kind of migration and no one had the knowledge in their head. So it's kind of the opposite of almost what Chris said. It was like, no one person could solve it. And just the light bulb started going off as people were sharing information. And it was almost a win for mobbing. But I'm trying to understand, like, why did that work, even though it's kind of like the opposite of simple? <laughs> I don't know. Did either of you have thoughts there? <laughs> I think I um, so at least from my observation uh, is. If the people and, and I don't know, this is a question for you, Austin, have people done mobbing? So are they familiar with mobbing that you did this integration with? No. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is yeah um... well, i think it's collaboration skills right so so i think um because you're, you're saying that these people were not necessarily programmers coming in right um in that uh time. yeah not necessarily yeah 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 so. yeah so 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 i think it's you know it, it's like verbalization of intent i think that that many programmers that have never worked um in a pair before or in a mob before <clears throat> have never uh taken the time to think about a problem and then say it say the say what to type um because uh when i'm when i'm programming by myself i might have an abstract thought about how i might organize the code and i will write that as code i don't say it out loud in my head and to verbalize it uh, and, and the intention of that is is a completely different skill, I think. 
Mm. And so I think that programmers have, uh, you know, in more traditionally, you know, especially if you like did a, a traditional comp sci degree, uh, you're thought you're taught to kind of think abstractly in your head and then and then make that into code. It doesn't necessarily go into your uh, your language that that you speak um, in your head. And so so I, I think often you'll find a lot of programmers uh, that have a hard time mobbing for the first time because they are not uh, used to verbally communicating logic all the time, where I do think that in in other disciplines, you'll see that more often. Like most, uh, I think most business classes, you know, like people that take MBAs, um, you will see what look like mobbing stations in their classrooms because they have a big screen TV with five chairs around it. And they're just hashing out on an idea and then entering everything in Excel. So I think it, depending on what area of the business they come from um, or or what their background is, uh, verbalizing uh, the problem may be uh, easier or, or harder, depending. And so when you take a group of programmers that are used to working in silence, and then now you're saying you have to deal with all the noise, you have to deal with verbalizing your intent. And you have to deal with listening for that intent and translating that into code. Those are all new skills that they don't do uh, normally. And so, so I think, um, my if I were to venture a guess, I would just say that that the the people that you had there at that time had those particular skills uh, a little bit more developed than I think what we what um, we see because I, I I've I've seen uh, what Nazi is saying about. Um, joining a group of developers that have never done mobbing before and, and they were very uncomfortable and adding a very complex problem on top of that what they want to do is think about it for a while and then type it out without ever translating it into english right um and so so that's that's where i would guess the the disconnect mm -hmm. so that's the fluent edge concept right so if yeah. they've developed the skill to verbalize that logic um then the problem can be harder right mm -hmm. Mm. I also want to add this um, to what Chris said. So I tell the team, uh, um, you need to speak in English. We need to say intent in English. So they literally say the program like, you know, oh, add variable this. And I'm like, no, 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 it is English. And they get agitated. They are like, this is English. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yes, I know it is English, but you need to say it in a simple word as if we are, you know, we are talking about what do we want to do and don't go through the programming. Just adjusting to that, it is, it is very hard and also as a less technical coach, there is a selfishness in there for me also, because when they say it in English, I can follow it. And the junior people or the people that they are not as technical as other people that they are in that meeting, they can understand and we are all in sync and there is no assumptions and it makes it easy. And I also want to say one more thing regarding Chris said about collaboration. I was surprised that my technical, I was doing end of life for some of our products. I did a pairing and mobbing with our technical writers. They loved it so much. They asked me to do a presentation and they started to do mobbing for with the technical writers when they are starting in, or they are exchanging and, and you know working on something new. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Mobbing on almost anything has a lot of benefits, uh, especially if it uh, requires um, 
something hard like that, uh, like tech writing is not easy. And I, I want to jump uh, jump to something you said about um, say it in English first. Um, and I think to a developer, um, I guess one way to translate that is maybe speak in domain first. So how like uh, someone who's not a programmer would say it first, right? And I think uh, on this topic of a less technical coach um, being in a mob, that is, I think, a really important skill, uh, to, uh, a really important facet to bring to a mob, because often um, a lot of problems I've seen with software is that translation to how it matters to a, a regular non-technical person to the domain doesn't happen. So that that kind of verbiage doesn't end up in the product code or the test code or, and so, and also it helps everyone get on alignment on like, hey, what's the business problem we're solving? We're not just writing code for code's sake. You know what I mean? Like, what, what is the purpose of this variable, right? And so when you start at that high level and get everyone in sync, it also increases the chance of that getting into the code, which will capture that knowledge. But also people aren't talking past each other because, you know, uh, you know, they're solving different business problems or something. So I, I think that's that's a good way to put it. Um, and uh, one follow-up question I had was, you said the second time you tried uh, mobbing, uh, you did a game. What game was it? What came to mind to me was the mob programming RPG, but, or was it something else? Uh, no, I, I used FizzBuzz. Oh, used Fizz <clears throat> oh FizzBuzz, okay. Fizz yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yes. So yeah, that that's exactly like what Chris was saying. Yeah, the the simplest like FizzBuzz is like one of the simplest things you could possibly do. So um, developers they don't know it, but it's it's kind of like a puzzly because I don't give them information, and also you know as we are solving, you know they are it becomes little bit challenging not from programming, from the understanding like what's the next step or what's gonna happen. So it's kind of fun. Yes. Yeah, and um, another follow-up question I had, um, and it might get into the example I brought up earlier was, you said one of your tips, so it was start simple, um, and then uh, you, what was it? It was like something like, make sure you have someone who uh, can solve problems in there or something. Can you, do you mind restating that one? No, definitely. Um... As a less technical coach, that's a very important thing. We need to have um, technical allies that uh, we are, uh, you know, basically what we are doing, uh, you know, why does the team need a facilitator? Not at Hunter Industry, but other companies, <laughs> because we need to hold the space. We need to make sure that we have agreements regarding kindness, consideration, and respect for ourselves for each other and also to the code like whoever wrote that code because i have seen that happen a lot they make fun of that code and the, the developers i'm like whoever wrote that code they wrote it at the best of their knowledge at that time and with all the restrictions from time and budget and everything and we are there to ensure that they don't go off track and we are helping the team to increase their emotional intelligence within the group so as a facilitator we have to be an observer to see how it, is there anybody anxious or what's going on in there so that would very much help it so these are the benefits we are bringing to the group but we we are not technical so we need to have an ally it would be amazing if it is within the team 
And how I do it, I before I introduce mobbing to the team, I do one-on-one -on -one conversation with the team's members. And I ask them and I say, have you done praying? Are you interested in mobbing? And I educate them. So I find allies there or outside so that they are like, you know, senior technical, you know, lead or technical leads or senior um, uh, developers so that when we get stuck, they are there to help me to unstock the team. And I... So I have an ally. I'm not worried about getting stuck in technically. Maybe maybe re reducing technical friction when you're trying to introduce yeah. the new skill, right? And not and not get stuck, you know, yeah. uh, and and the team getting disappointed, especially in the beginning. Later on, it's okay because they are used to it and they are okay. But in the beginning, it's very important, and it gives me confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that you know i i don't disappoint my team yeah yeah and i think um i think that might help uh at least in my mind solve the kind of dilemma we brought up earlier like should you have a hard problem or not and i think uh i think like we've learned uh from others is that like any session meeting or kata uh has a deliberate purpose right so if I think that if your deliberate purpose is to learn to mob and everyone's coming into it with that, I think simple is the answer, right? Yeah. I think the deliberate purpose of the situation I was bringing up was people weren't showing up to mob, they were showing up to solve a problem, right? And mobbing is just something that they naturally did to solve the problem, right? But one thing they both of those scenarios have in common is that you need everyone who is needed is there, right? So if the problem is very difficult, you need the right people in the room to solve it. Um, and if you keep it simple, the chances of that anyone can solve it is good um, if you're trying to learn to mob. But if you are doing the the other pattern, um, I suppose making sure that the whole system is there so it's not a, uh, like you said, I think having that tech ally is important, right? So to have a collaboration session that might turn into mobbing is very dangerous if you know the people in the meeting in the collaboration session can't solve the problem or they don't have the skill sets, right? And so, yeah, I think... I think you really re reduce your risk by doing both things you said. Keep it simple and then have the the technical ally to, to show the benefits. So, um, Okay, cool. So uh, what are some other things that you've uh, coached um, uh, from a less technical perspective as you're with a mob? Um, I'm sorry, ask me the question again. Sure. Yeah. So I, I noticed you started to talk about uh, like coaching kind of like the prime directive with respect for, you know, the code and things like that. Is there any other things that you've noticed that it gives you a unique angle when you're in a mob to help coach or help the mob? Uh, that's different than, let's say, someone contributing code navigation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I um, So I, I am going to give you a very quick uh, example. Uh, like, you know how I said um, regarding people being anxious. Um, so I had one person who was anxious and uh, it got to her turn and our environment was, you know, she wasn't familiar with that environment. As she was typing, five, six people yelled at her, control FD or whatever. And she <laughs> got more anxious. Yeah. So at the end of our mobbing, when we were doing retrospective, she just looked at, oh, I asked the team, do you want to do mobbing? And they said, yes, let's try it. But she looked at me and said, Nazi, we wasted 75 minutes. Why do you want to waste time again? So 
what I did, I told her, it took me some time, but anyway, I told her that, you know, attendance is optional and you can be an observer. So she participated it. She not didn't participate, but was an observer. But I wanted her to participate and to be learning from the team. So I came up with an idea. I thought, I am going to participate and I'm going to make the team to make fun of me because I don't know the commands and everything to make her feel comfortable. So I participated in mob as I was facilitating. And when it get, got to my turn, what guess what happened? They yelled at me also, control FD. And I'm like, okay, we have one navigator. You don't, I don't need six people yelling at me. After that, that I I did twice rotation and you know, and I didn't know what to do. So this person told me I want to participate. They participated in the session because I made them feel comfortable that they are not, you know, they are not the only one who has, you know, who didn't hear or got anxious. And at the end of the retro, she said, if you were mobbing like this, I would have attended all the previous sessions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have participated in other previous sessions. So as a less technical coach, because we have some coaching and we are observer, we can monitor to see what can we do to make it easier for people. And I think that's one of the values we bring in. Yeah, that's, um, that, that is, that is actually a great advantage because, uh, I, I too have seen that demonstrating vulnerability, uh, by you being the, uh, person who doesn't know is, is always a great move. Um, but sometimes, uh, if you're working in something you're completely familiar with, you, you can't fake that, right? You can't yeah. like fake the vulnerability. So I just, you know, I'm always looking for like, okay, what's something on the screen I don't know, you know, <laughs> and then make myself be that person who doesn't know a thing so people can see it's okay to not know how to do a thing. But I think you're right. As a non-technical person, um, it, it, it's easier to find that, I suppose. And so to, to demonstrate that. So that is an asset for sure. Um, cool. Um, so how, I guess one question I have is when you facilitate, um, is this something you do a lot or is it more, you just kind of help jumpstart mobs, uh, as a non-technical coach and then they kind of mob and they're on their own, or is it something you participate in quite a bit continuously with them? So, um, again, like, uh, I participate with them, uh, um, originally until they feel comfortable and then team members come and volunteer and say, oh, you know, if you miss it, it's okay. <laughs> we can, you know, I can facilitate. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. One criteria I have for them, or as you know, I don't know as a, you know, technical people, they do that or not. But one of my criteria is that we do 90 minutes and the last 15 to 20 minutes, we do retrospective. So I have them repeat the, like their emotions, what happened, you know, what, how did they feel? What did they learn from tools, domain, language, and all of this? So, um, and the team members, they do the mobbing and then they bring all the sticky notes, put it on my desk, prove that they have done retro. <laughs> so, 
So, and it really depends on the teams. Some teams I need to handheld longer and sometimes some team members are passionate about it and they reach out to me and they say, we will do it. And when they do it, it becomes a habit. And what I have seen as they do this, there are more tendency to do pairing together or, or do a quick WebEx like on the message, let's say Slack or something. They say, oh, let's do a quick you know, WebEx. So four or five of them get onto WebEx and they resolve the issues and things like that, which means that they, you know, they they like it and they they want to use it for uh, solving their problems. While you're doing all of this, uh, did you have other um, maybe non-technical uh, counterparts within the company see what you're doing? Did 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 the style that you were using grow at all? Do you have any any comment on that? Yeah, so um, one of the, the 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 team that I told you guys that I had an anxious person and stuff. So I got assigned to them because their code review would take two weeks mm. <laughs> to do a code review for each other. And after we did mobbing for 20 times, they would finish their code on the same day. And I invited other directors and engineering managers to come over and watch them. And uh, because they were finishing each other's sentences, literally <laughs> they would turn and say like, uh, like let's say I'm a navigator after you, Chris. And I'm like, Chris, were you thinking to do recursive, blah, blah? And you're like, no, I was thinking this way. So they watched all of this. And at the end, after retro, they said, no, these guys are so high IQ. We can never <laughs> replicate this. And my response was, do you remember two, three months ago, you guys asked me to work on this team because they were so silo and individualistic. When they see it in action and then they have an aha moment and then other engineering managers asked me to help them. And I try to help the scrum masters or other team members to come over and watch me as we are doing with the team's permission, if they, you know, that they allow us. And then the first once or twice, I am like co-facilitating co with them. And that is how I have spread out the, you know, this concept within the company. That sounds awesome. Um, is there, uh, is there anything that you would say, um, you know, I think those are a lot of really good strategies for influencing and, and, and growing it. Uh, is there anything else that you would say around, um, you know, just growing the practice, get gaining acceptance, buy-in? You know, a lot of the times uh, kind of, um, you know, I think I, I lean a lot on my technical knowledge often to explain the benefits of, of mobbing. So I think it would be, it'd be useful for, you know, tips around just uh, either getting buy-in or getting people to try it, those sorts of things. What, what did you say? How did you introduce it? Um, yeah. So I say the first important thing for me, and I think from based on my conversation with other less technical people is that build your confidence. And that is educate yourself, read books, participate in um, you know mobbing and tell them that you are not a programmer. And I always mention this to everybody, attend the <laughs> industry virtually. <laughs> On the only the only thing they ask is um, 
or, or you ask Chris or Austin that you need to sign an NDA. Yeah. Educate yourself as much as possible. And as I mentioned, find allies and focus on facilitation. Um, instructions, uh, you know, the, the working agreement, timing and monitor and observe how the teams is working. And the other thing is that emphasize on growth mindset. My goal is not to have, <clears throat> my goal is to have a good mobbing, not that we are going to finish that task that we have in hand. So that has helped me to, um, you know, to, to be able to do this. The other thing is that I don't think you guys hear that, but I hear this a lot. Um, my dev managers tell me this is a waste of time. Why am I paying six yeah. developers and only one person is going to sit behind the keyboard? Again, I use this for onboarding when we hire a new employee because we want to ramp them up fast. I tell them, let's do a pairing, uh, pairing, not talking, uh, strong pairing, <laughs> because I had paired and they talked for one hour and, you know, and let's have a 10 day, like one day a, a, a week for 10 days that we do small mobbing with three people and they come up to speed quickly, educate them, share with them the video and ask other people that you have worked with and you, you know, they like mobbing or people that they know mobbing from other previous experiences. When the opportunity comes to talk to that manager so that I am not the only person that it's talking about this. And these are some of the things that, you know, helps me to introduce it to the, to the companies. And the other thing is be patient and don't give up. <laughs> it takes time to get a buy-in, Chris. And, you know, so. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and I'd like uh, your, that, uh, what you're saying about emphasizing uh, the facilitation skills, because, um, especially the a lot of the good parts of my programming is non-technical and is um you know in simplest terms basically good conversation skills like good group conversation skills um and to put in more agile terms it's a lot of things that are taught in scrum master facilitation stuff for like facilitating a stand up or something like that i mean so you may not even know what people are talking about but you can notice that someone is not chiming in and you know and and you can ask them like, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or, you know, adopt a mobbing pattern where everyone has to weigh in. Or like you said, where you notice someone was anxious or, you know, you, so you can notice a lot of the things that make for a healthy group conversation or healthy mob. Um, a lot of it is non-technical. And so I think having those good facilitation skills, the bar is low technically because a lot of the things are in, in and of themselves, not technical. It could be talking about astrophysics it could be talking about uh, python design patterns it does it doesn't matter the, the conversation's either healthy or not um one follow-up question i had was i know the goal is not to make the non-technical facilitator technical but have you observed that as a side effect <laughs> um yes and there is also another thing um 
as I have observed the teams, uh, I have a passion for technical, you know, and I miss, you know, programming. But as I observe, <clears throat> my my knowledge gets increased of what they are doing and I pick up stuff. And that is very important to pay attention, not just facilitate. And if you have passion to see like, what is the team doing? If you pay attention, you pick up stuff. And you are also seeing like, oh, like, the way that they code, and then you see improvements. The our methods or classes are just growing smaller and smaller, and then the team starts refactoring and things like that. So you can see how the team is growing, and 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 also I I feel part of the team because now I understand what are some of their struggles and what are they doing. So I'm. I'm getting knowledge and I'm also getting into some of the deep uh, issues or things that the team encounters because of complexity. And 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 I, I get a better view of what we are doing than being abstract. Oh yeah, my team didn't do code review, but I can understand why they are not doing a code review because we have dependency to millions of other teams or other or the com and I get familiar how complex our system is. Nice, very good. All right. Well, uh, you know, I think now is probably a good time to ask if there's anything that you'd want to promote or share before we close. I want to say one thing. Uh, um, I know we talked about uh, uh, lots of things. I want to uh, have a message that what is in it for from doing pro programming from Scrum Master or Agile Coach perspective. Why do they wanna do that? Why do they wanna go through all the struggles or things like that? And this is my message for them. You increase the team skills, you increase the collaboration within the team, you increase long-term velocity, which as an Agile Coach or Scrum Master, that's part of your job and the team members, you know, they learn from each other and your completed stories increases versus the high, lots of um, work in progress. Um, so I have um, done a presentation at um, Agile Alliance 2023. So I'm going to share the link with Austin and Chris with both of you guys so you can add it to this. And also I have a GitHub um, with all the resources as a less technical coach, how to do pre-mobbing preparation or during mobbing and post-mobbing and things like that. I will share with both of you guys. All right. Thank you so much. And look for those in the show notes, everyone. And to our audience, uh, you know, if you know a uh, maybe a scrum master, or an agile coach, maybe they're not technical, and uh, but they're interested in mobbing, uh, sharing this episode with them could be just the thing that they're looking for. So I encourage you to share and uh, like and subscribe, hit the notification bell. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to next time. And Nazi, thank you for being on the show. Bye, everybody. Thank you very much.